Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host, Leanne Hunt, and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm, fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Knitter Square podcast. This is episode two of season three. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. <laughs> um, if you're new, um, I hope that you're going to be inspired because Knitter Square is an organization that has a tremendous um, history of providing blankets for vulnerable and orphaned children in South Africa. We have been going for about 12 years and the way we function is to collect knitted and crocheted squares from our members around the world. They send them to us in parcels here in Johannesburg and we have volunteers who meet weekly to open the parcels in what we call the barn and then uh, make up blanket packs which we then send through to uh, ladies whom we called call gogos in community centers. They get paid a, a little stipend to uh, sew together the squares into blankets, uh, 35 squares to each blanket and often they will edge them with a crocheted edge. And then those come back to us at the barn and we package them for distribution. And then our volunteers will take them out to creches and informal settlements and um, all sorts of places where, where uh, the needs are very great and the children are, um, they, they don't have warmth and they don't have toys. So we, we um, contribute blankets, beanies, hand warmers, which are like little mittens, and soft toys, um, in sort of in a bundle we package all those together and we we hand them out to children uh, usually with beautiful photographs to go with our distributions and those are displayed on our website littersquare.com um, so in today's episode I've got an interview with one of our volunteers at the barn but before I get there um, I just wanted to let you know I popped into the barn this Tuesday it was the second opening day of the year opening day as in opening parcels. <laughs> um, we didn't get any parcels in because um, the person who usually goes to the post office to collect them wasn't available this week. So instead, uh, the volunteers set about uh, tidying up the barn, packing blankets, um, because we actually had a lot that had come in from the Gogos. And we had what we call a blanket cake, which is really just a a pile of blankets on the floor but that blanket pile can get hip height waist height and sometimes shoulder height it has in the past been known to get above Rhonda's head and she, she's uh, well she's probably five foot five or something um, but it's rather funny when it gets that high because we, we always uh, photograph each blanket um, every single blanket gets photographed and displayed on the website but in photographing that Rhonda or whoever is going to be taking the photos has to literally climb up a ladder to take those pictures. So um, yeah, we have a tremendous uh, response from our members in bringing, uh, supplying us with lovely squares and then our volunteers sew them together and uh, we have the, the distributions which are always a, a very heartwarming and joyous occasion. Um, this week as I say I was in the barn and um, I think mostly what we did, we, we packed blankets into bags ready for distribution and the other thing was to clear the table and that in, entails um, going through all the 
the piles of squares that have been sort of uh, left there after other square bundles or blanket bundles have been created. So we're looking at sort of maybe the odd squares that are difficult to match or um, squares that have a difficult color scheme or perhaps there's um, it's just something about the texture. It doesn't go nicely with other other uh, squares that have come in. And then every now and again, we'll have these clearing days where we have to um, sort of bite the bullet and <laughs> take all these squares and make them up into blanket packs so that we can literally continue with the work um, of opening new parcels. And of course, many of the parcels that we open do have beautifully matched squares um, in color coordinated bundles and things or beautiful textures that um, do go together very well. So um, that is just the nature of the work. Sometimes we get in a lot of really, really lovely and soft and textured squares. And other times we get uh, donations that come in that um, really are quite hard to match. But we do find buddies for them, as you'll hear Anna express. <laughs> and we do um, manage to make them into warm blankets for the children. So having said that, I'm going to now um, play you my interview with Anna. Um, she was sitting in a coffee shop when we spoke, and uh, that was, um, I think, Monday I did my interview with her. So it's lovely and fresh, and you'll hear her chatting all about her passion for sewing up squares. So um, over to Anna. Hello, Anna. It's lovely to have you join us on the podcast today. Um, where, are, where are you sitting at the moment? I can hear activity in the background. Hi, Leanne. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. I actually decided it's a beautiful day outside, so I would come and sit at an outdoor coffee shop. So I hope the background noise adds to the podcast and doesn't detract. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Do you want to describe the, the neighborhood for our overseas members? Oh, gosh, no. Um, so it's, um, I'm in Bryanston at the moment. It's it's a really beautiful coffee shop in a little small shopping center, but it's outdoors, which is wonderful because I can see blue skies and lots of sun. And, um, and it's also a coffee shop where people are really nice and friendly. And uh, yeah, and then after this, I'm going to do my groceries. Wonderful. <laughs> Just um, tell us about the uh, the level of um, mask wearing and uh, social distancing and everything that's happening at the moment. Oh, um, well, I guess everybody, certainly in the shopping centres, it's required. So, and the you know the stores and and you know people like coffee shops are are very good at the social distancing. So everybody seems to be doing well on that front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it sounds as if sort of there's a nice atmosphere. People are out and about doing their socializing and shopping uh, and things. Yeah, I think, um, I think South Africans are very resilient. And I think right now we've decided it's time to get on with life because the last two years were a bit too slow for us. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Anna, so to start off with, let's talk about how you got into Netta Square and the role that you sort of play. You know, who are you? I know you from the barn, but, um, you know, where did where did you uh, find Netta Square and what do you do for us? 
Yeah, so um, thanks, Leanne. No, what actually happened was um, that SLA, who is um, very involved with the, with Knitter Square, happened to be my life coach. And um, five years ago, I decided I was going to exit corporate, um, mm-hmm. which was a major transition for me. And uh, at that stage, I also decided that I wanted to do a lot more meaningful life things in my life. Um, at that point and uh, I was getting to a stage where I thought well, what do I really want to do what kinds of things do I want to do and I was kind of experimenting with a number of things mm-hmm. uh, from traveling to doing um, all sorts of arty things creative things and um, SLA knows me as someone who is quite uh, pragmatic and down to earth and I like things that I can do with my hands because mm-hmm. my mind's very busy. So I used to hold a very um, a stressful job. I used to be an executive director at the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. And so it was a massive transition for me sure. going from highly stressed, uh, always at fast pace to a very different pace and having to find my pace, mm-hmm. my new pace. And um, she suggested that I pop into the barn and have a look at what the ladies do there. And uh, I started off by, you know, gathering, opening parcels and putting squares, sizing squares, putting them into the bundles that then went on to the grannies in townships who then put the squares together. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a while and I thought, okay, but I'm sure there's more I can do. Okay, that's who I am. I can't stick to one little thing it's never been my thing mm-hmm. and I thought well why can't I sew some of those squares together and I took a couple of blankets well the bug bit and yes. uh, in essence now I actually spend more time putting blankets together than I do at the barn putting squares in bundles uh, because I enjoy that quite a lot and I find that uh, completing a blanket is, is such a good feeling it, it gives me a good feeling and I also find it very relaxing and very meditative. Yes. So it's actually one of my favorite things to do at the end of the day. So if I've been rushing around, whatever I've been doing, and at the end of the day I sit down and I think, oh, I'm going to put a blanket together. Um, I have on occasion been known to go a bit overboard because I don't know how... I actually have worked out I do not have a slow button in my body. <laughs> Everything's fast. <laughs> Even doing blankets. So um, I've now been involved for what? Two, three years. Mm-hmm. And in that time, oh, and that's the other thing. I'm a numbers person having come from the stock exchange. So you can imagine, I kind of record every time I do a bag of 10 blankets. Yes. That's been my thing. And... Um, I was counting the amount of blankets I've put together. In the last three years, I've done over 3,000. <gasps> Anna, that's incredible. Wow. So, you can imagine. <laughs> wow. It's, yeah, um, like I say, I, I don't know how to do things in small amounts. Yes. <laughs> I, but I do, as I say, I really look forward to putting a blanket together. What I love, and I think all the ladies have got to know this, the co- the more colorful, the better, because I love cheerful things. Yes. I love colors, all colors. And the brighter, the better. And I'm always looking at brightening any blanket, because I think color cheers people up. 
And well, when you think of the little ones and you never know in what kind of conditions they live in dark places, in weird places. And I always think a bit of color just brightens up your life. Absolutely. Um, just like the sun does in the morning. So I always go and look for all as many colors as possible. And that's really what I really enjoy is, is putting the blankets together and seeing them come together. You see, when, when I think of you, the picture I have of you is sort of um, uh, coming into the barn, I'm trying to think of the right word, sort of coming in like a, like a wind, <laughs> you know, breezing into the barn, you know, um, grabbing a couple of bags to, to fill and then going around the tables and taking a bit of this and a bit of that. And you, you have such a, um, an industrious air to you, you know, you, you're going to get these things done. Um, but you also have a quite a, um, a freedom about the way that you do pick things. You, you're not especially precise about size and exactitude and all that. Um, you'll, I, I think, you know, make something fit. I think that's that's how you must do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, when it comes to the blankets, I, yeah, no, I am not particular. I'm really more about the colors and... Mm -hmm. Whenever I see colors on tables, I always ask people if I can have them. But yes. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the sizing, um, I also, yeah, I do make it fit. Mm -hmm. I, I actually find it a challenge when things are a bit odd because perfection is, is easy. But when you take odd things and you make them work, that's actually more exciting. For me, Anna, so. <laughs> that is such a profound statement. Do you know that? <laughs> Perfection is so, easy, you know, it's, but that's... It's but, going to be a challenge. Yeah. I make a challenge out of everything How so, lovely. in life. It's going, <laughs> if it's easy, I get bored. Yes. So when people say, oh, but those are a bit... Or, or there aren't enough of them, I think, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll find buddies for them. Yes. I always say, don't worry. I'll find buddies for them. It will all come together. And I do. Yes. And, I mean, I've got my son who is now left home... Um, he, he always jokes, but when he comes home, he says, my, because my lounge and between my garage, my garage is full of bags, often off squares, mm -hmm. that have to be put into blankets. Or at the moment, it's got a hundred blankets waiting to go to the barn. <gasps> so <laughs> that's what happens. And then I sit in my lounge and my lounge is taken over by squares and blankets. And um, yeah, it's, it's my greatest joy watching them come together. And I have... I even have a process, so I'll sort of, you know, we do five by seven mm -hmm. uh, squares and I will knit all the strips together for one blanket and put them all in piles. So then when I have 10 piles, right. then I'll start the blankets. Oh. So <laughs> I even have a, a production line. Yes. And then what happens is my mom-in-law, um, who's 84, started hearing about these blankets that I'm knitting and she saw me doing them and she says, Oh, I see you don't do any hedging on them. I said, no, I'm afraid I don't have that much in mm. it, uh, that much um, interest in the hedging. It's mm. just not my thing. I want to get the blankets done. Yeah. And she said, but I'll do the hedging. So I said, fantastic. So now we have a team going where I do all the blankets and she does all the hedging. And she must also get so much pleasure out of that. No, she loves it. She absolutely loves it because... Of course, at her advanced age, she can't get around as much. And, you know, she still said to me the other day, thank goodness for the blankets over the pandemic, because mm -hmm. she wasn't, you know, her family was very concerned about her going out too much. 
because she's a very independent lady. She drives herself around, she goes everywhere. And all of a sudden, she, you know, they were a bit concerned for her health, understandably so. Yes. And so she says, thank goodness for the blankets. At least I felt like I was being productive in some form because Absolutely. she's an artist. She she paints beautiful paintings and she does beadwork. She's the most incredible person. Mm. Um, and now the blankets are a big thing for her. So mm. I, yeah, I got blankets to her house. So I take like 20 at a time and then she sends them back and we have this exchange going. <laughs> <laughs> and how often do you come into the barn? Pardon? I said, how often do you come into the barn? Uh, I try and be there at least once a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And normally it's to bring blankets and collect more squares, you yes. know. And uh, what does happen as well is now and again I pop in. And it's very dangerous when I come into the, the barn <laughs> because... I always go with the intention, I'm just dropping off blankets. Mm -hmm. And then, as I say, I'm just dropping off blankets, I walk out with another two bags full of squares. Yes. So, eventually, well, as I say, I had so many squares over December that I've now got a hundred blankets waiting to come to the to the barn, which will probably come to the barn next week. Wonderful. Um, because I had so many squares that I yes. now <laughs> accumulated in my garage. So yes. during December, it was a very productive December for me. And um, yeah, because it was nice and quiet and calm, mm -hmm. thank goodness. And um, I got a lot done. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, you you sew them together. Hey, you don't knit them together because I think you said knit. No, no, I sew them together. Yeah, you yeah. know, the, the knitting needle, but not... The, you know the normal needle that you use for the, the, sewing the blankets together yeah so it, like a, a thick embroidery needle yeah yeah okay that's yeah that's right okay have you ever been on one of the distributions to um to hand out the blankets oh yes i have yeah i actually went i've gone twice uh into townships mm -hmm. uh, to do the distributions um I think, yeah, once with Ethelé and I think another time with Ethelé and, and Estelle. And, um, yeah, that was that was really exciting to see all the kids all thrilled to get their blankies and their, their toy. Normally they get a knitted toy and a knitted, knitted mittens and a little hat. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very rewarding to see them so excited to get their, their little gift, you know. And can you tell us sort of, did, did you go to a creche or um, a school or what, what sort of... No, 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 this, no, this was a township. Um, it's a township um, kind of in the, near the, the West Rand and um, with, uh, it's an informal settlement and we found out, I mean, I remember we arrived with like 500 blankies and toys and we then realized that there were so many kids there. Uh, and then we found out um, that, in fact, there were 120,000 people living oh. in that informal settlement. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was quite an eye-opener. And then we actually went back with more blankets to help them. And, and how would you have uh, actually managed that? I mean, did you sort of do it in some kind of enclosure? Um, no. Uh, well, there was like a little enclosure, but what actually happened that day is the police were holding a community day mm -hmm. where the youngsters got together to play soccer, mm -hmm. football, and um, we joined them. And 
then they arranged, the, the community leader actually arranged a little spot where we could, um, you know, they could create queues with, with the little kids in different age groups and to enable us to then distribute to them. Yes, that's fantastic. So that you kept some kind of order and yeah, I suppose... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, then you, it helps with taking photographs as well because... Yes, no, nice that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lovely. But it was incredible. Yeah. All different ages, from babies all the way up to probably, what, 12 year olds? Mm hmm. And yeah. I'm, am I right in saying you have quite a, um, a sort of a, a sense of wanting to reach out to people who have been previously disadvantaged or are currently extremely disadvantaged? Yeah, no, it's always been of interest to me um, to be able to find ways to to get people uh, and give it gives them a little bit of hope mm -hmm. um, because I'm afraid a blanket's great but it doesn't fix their lives right. um, and life of course even after the last two years it's even more difficult right. for those who are poor it's even worse mm -hmm. um, probably ten times worse as everybody knows, uh, of their own situation. So that's always been uh, close to my heart and, and something that I'm keen on. And I think that's what kind of drives me in wanting to sew all these blankets because for me, I know that some little youngster is going to get something that hopefully gives them a little bit of hope in life yes. and keeps them warm in winter. Although we don't have much of a winter in our country, we're fortunate. But when we do, um, yeah, it's very useful. What what always amazes me with with Knitter Square is that it's such a um, uh, it's a, such a pipeline because at the very end you've got the children who are in dire need who are sort of receiving the blankets. In the middle you've got people like you um, who are sort of uh, compiling them, and of course the people just before you who are and and doing. Um, who are receiving the parcels and and sorting the squares but right at the beginning of the pipeline you've got the people who are doing the knitting so um tell us sort of, yeah what what are your thoughts there about the the contributors well it's absolutely incredible and i think having watched how initially at the beginning of the pandemic there was suddenly a drought of squares and we were like what on earth are we going to do for the rest of the year mm -hmm. and all of a sudden once the borders opened the squares kept pouring in and it just again uh, made me realize how people all around the world because we get squares from all around the world literally um, people are constantly thinking of others at the same time and I think gosh over the pandemic eventually Towards the end of last year, the parcels were flying in at, at a rate of knots, and there were so many. And I mm -hmm. thought, thank goodness, you know, um, again, people are not losing sight and forgetting about the less fortunate, yeah. uh, despite everything else that's going on, you know. And I think you and I both know that if you if you sort of stuck in a in a um, lockdown kind of situation or any. Um, difficult situation maybe you're stuck in hospital or in a retirement village and not able to sort of get out much um that it's it's really nice to be able to sort of think of others and um make your make it sort of feel as if you are involved um you know even when you can't properly be involved no absolutely i think to me uh, 
you know, when I think back to why I started this and how I got involved, initially it really it was uplifting. It's mm-hmm. an uplifting activity, but at the same time, it's very therapeutic because it's very calming if you're stressed. It's very it gives you a purpose as well. It's got meaning. Yeah. It's not just something meaningless. Yes. And um, I always believe that you, if you, if you feel low, one way to lift yourself up is to think of others who have less than you. Yeah. And that's one way to lift yourself, and at the same time, you're helping others. Yeah. So Anna, to, to sort of bring it back full circle, you you say you you started Nitta Square after a life coaching session. Um. And and you, you you sort of came off a very busy career into being um, free and having to sort of fill your own time. So, you know, how has your life changed? And, you know, what, what place does Nata Square have now for you? Well, it, it, still, it still has a big place. Uh, and it's, it, I think it's always going to because it's something I really enjoy doing. Mm. Um, and it's, it's got meaning. So... Yes. Since I left corporate, one of the things I've looked at is the things I do must have meaning. Right. Uh, I spent 33 years in financial services, of which uh, over 25 was at the Janesburg Stock Exchange and high pressurized, uh, you know, speed and so on and stress. But um, I didn't feel it had meaning. Uh, whereas now I do, I really look at what has meaning. So mm-hmm. I've got involved with community forums uh, in my suburb. I'm also involved with um, one of the political parties. So I'm actively involved there because I, I do believe in being an active citizen and making a difference. Mm. I think we have an amazing country and I just believe that if each of us does a little bit, it's got to make a difference. Yes. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that occupy my mind. And then I've also gone into coaching people on investments um, because it's crucial. Yes. Um, more and more, I mean, even around the world, more and more people are realizing that they haven't saved for their retirement appropriately. Mm-hmm. And now with the pandemic that we had and the disruption in the markets, it's affected the wealth they thought they had even. Those that were wealthy are less wealthy. And those that had less have got even less. And those that had nothing have got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and for me, that's always been a big thing. And particularly around women. So that, again, is another thing that for me has enormous meaning. I want women to become financially independent in every respect. And that's to be right. able to feel free in how they manage their lives financially and so that's one of the things that i keep myself busy with so everything i do these days has really got to have meaning mm. it's got to be fulfilling and it's got it's got to have meaning that's hugely inspirational Anna. thank you for sharing that with us i just think you know for, for all of us that's a really important message is you know there's there's so many reasons for doing things but the, the, perhaps the most powerful in terms of your own fulfillment and happiness is to do something that has meaning mm. and it's got to have meaning in relation to others and i think you know being able to do things that are not just around you uh really 
automatically is enriching mm-hmm. because you are thinking of other people besides yourself. Um, and there's nothing wrong with looking after yourself because that's important. Because I always believe if you don't look after yourself, you can't be there for others. So the more you look after your health, your mental well-being, every aspect, the more you can then do for others. Um, and and I think that's what's really become really important for me. Uh, spending time with friends, spending time, meaningful time with family, um, has really been my focus. And now I can't imagine going back and I've realized that, yeah, there's more to life than make, making money for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Anna, thank you really for sharing that with us. I think, you know, what, what you've said is hugely um, motivating and quite challenging, actually. So <laughs> thank you very much for sharing. I, I hope you have a good morning with your shopping. Where are you off to next? Yeah, no, I'll be going to do some grocery shopping. And Lovely. then I'll be going home. I've got quite a bit of uh, paperwork to do. And I've got a couple of clients to talk to. Yeah, quite a very day. Lovely. <laughs> well, thank you very much for, for sharing that with us and coming on the podcast, Anna. No, thanks so much, Leanne, for taking the time to chat to me and uh, involving me in your podcast. I really appreciate it. Great. <laughs> Cheers, Anna. Okay. Bye-bye. See you soon. Bye. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed my interview with Anna. I find her very, very inspiring, not only as somebody who's devoted to Knitter Square, but as somebody who's very committed to community service and um, what did she call it? Social action, community action. Uh, She really is somebody that we can take a lot of um, inspiration and motivation from. Um, I like to talk about uh, what I'm working on at the moment and... um, just to let you know, uh, I had been working on sewing up some blankets last year. That has kind of gone by the wayside. I think with my studies, I've decided that sewing up a whole blanket is a bit of a big project <laughs> and takes up a bit too much time, focused time. So I've re- gone back to knitting squares, knitting and crocheting squares. Um, one thing I have been doing, which I find rather absorbing I suppose is um, making up magic balls and I've spoken about magic balls before where you take a lot of um, uh, scraps of of yarn and a friend of mine who was clearing out her yarn stash in fact her her whole hobby room which had years and years of accumulated scraps she cleared it out rolled all the bits and pieces into balls and gave it to me and of course, it's uh, it's a lovely variety of colors, um, mostly in double knitting weight, which is great. And I've been making magic balls. First of all, I separated the, the colors into light and dark. I do that just by sort of squinting through my half-closed eyes and sort of ascertaining whether this is a darker color or a lighter color. And that's how I separate them. So the darker colors are often anything from black and gray through to... Uh, forest green, navy blue, even red and um, sort of royal blue. And then the lighter colors will be things like white, cream, beige, yellow, um, baby blue and pink and those kind of colors. 
the the effect when you do combine those it's very multicolored but it's a little bit um it's a little bit like looking at granite or marble for example or a stone that you know the kind of stone where where you'd sort of um see in in the actual um structure of the stone other little small pebbles and things um being sliced through and it's that kind of effect where the overall effect is sort of maybe just dark but as you look at each square you can see splashes of blue and pink and red and you know brown it, it, it really is very very effective and so I've been making the magic balls and then making granny squares out of those and I'm going to be sewing those all together when I've got enough and I think the result is going to be fabulous actually I just think that the um the effect is really quite dazzling um so I'm looking forward to that. But while I study and listen to my audiobooks and um, think about what I'm going to be, you know, writing assignments on, I can be crocheting or making up magic balls. And then the other thing I like to do is just to knit plain Janes, plain squares in garter stitch uh, or the corner to corner ones also in garter stitch. Um, because I know that there's always a need for those uh, to sort of bulk out any design that is uh, full of stripes or textures or pictures or anything else like that plain janes are always very useful and for any of you who are um, who feel a little less uh, competent in your knitting or who are highly challenged and um, intimidated by some of our very very talented knitters um, just know that those plain janes um, in plain garter stitch just in one or two colors are always very very well appreciated. I think that's all from me for this episode and um, I just want to say next next week I'll have a at least in two weeks time I will have an episode from one of our overseas contributors uh, so look out for that and like I've always said before if you enjoy the episode if you think some of your friends would enjoy hearing about Knitter Square please uh, share it with them and invite them to visit the website. Uh, there's lots there to, to intrigue and to delight you in the form of photographs and um, reports and uh, even some videos if you visit the YouTube channel. So I invite you to do that and may you all just keep well and uh, happy knitting wherever you are. <laughs> this is Leanne Hunt, casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it, and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.